Hey guys, uh, Daryl Kappen here from Wild Men Life, wildmenlife.com, where we help men become bold, wild, confident, and free. I have something with me today I want to show you. This is an American flag. This isn't just any American flag. This is an American flag that was given to me by my son when he came back from deployment in Iraq. This American flag was actually flown over a in Baghdad in an Air Force jet during a mission and then returned safely back to the ground. Then we took it and put it in this beautiful frame with a plaque in the bottom to signify that this has actually been in military duty on a flight during a mission and brought back to me. And it's, it's very, very important to me. Jared, um, let me lay that back down so I don't drop it. Uh, Jared was in the Air Force. My second born son, Jared, was in the Air Force for 20 years and just recently retired. During that time that he was in the Air Force, he did hundreds of hours of training to make sure that he could become the best military soldier that he could possibly be. Now, this military training wasn't easy. Military training involved 115 degree heat learning how to be a raven during jungle warfare in Guam. It also included sniper training where he finished up his final test to be a sniper in hurricane force rain and winds, shooting his target 19 times out of 20 at 1,000 meters away. It also included POW training. The POW training found him in a four foot by four foot by four foot cage squatted in a position for 16 hours, learning what it was like to be a POW. And it also included leadership training. Now leadership training was a classroom training, but it found him teaching new recruits in Fairbanks, Alaska in 60 degree below zero temperatures, training them on their new missions as they were coming into the Air Force. Now just like military training, spiritual warfare training is also difficult and tough. And what we're going to be talking about today is some of the characteristics that you will find in a spiritual warrior that I believe is really important for us to learn. Now, the first one that we're going to learn is about a, a warrior named Nimrod from Genesis. And I want to read you the scripture. We're going to talk about Nimrod and what it means to be a defensive warrior. So let me read that scripture to you for just a second. Genesis 10.8. Cush was also the ancestor of Nimrod, who was the first heroic warrior on earth. Since he was the greatest hunter in the world, his name became proverbial. People would say, this man is like Nimrod, the greatest hunter in the world. Nimrod was considered one of the greatest hunters on the earth at that time. Now, what can we learn from him about being a defensive warrior? Well, to be a great hunter, you have to know all the characteristics of your um, foe, all the characteristics of your prey, all the characteristics of the, of the person or thing that you are hunting. So who is our prey? Who is our foe? Who are we fighting against? That's the enemy, Satan. What do we know about Satan? Well, it says in scripture that Satan goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It also says Satan is the father of fear. So in order to 
promote fear, you have to be afraid yourself. So he is also one of the most fearful beings in the universe because he has to be the father of fear. So now when you compare that with being like a roaring lion, basically Satan is a fraidy cat. So like my barn cats where I have barn cats that I've never touched, those barn cats, when I step out the door, take off flying. Satan is the same way. Our defensive strategy is very simple with Satan. It says, resist the enemy and he will, fly, he will flee from you. So our defensive strategy is just the word get and tell the enemy to get out of our face. And that's our defensive strategy. So let's go into the next one, what we learn about being unoffensive warrior. And then offensive warrior, the best thing that we can learn is from our Commander-in-Chief, Jesus Christ. So I want to read you some scriptures, or I want to quote you some scriptures here that go with what we can learn from Jesus as an offensive warrior. Exodus 15.3 The Lord is a warrior, Yahweh is his name. Isaiah 42.13 the Lord will march forth like a mighty hero. He will come out like a warrior, full of fury. He will shout his battle cry and crush all his enemies. Jeremiah 20, 11. But the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Before him, my, perse my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of heaven's armies, you test those who are righteous and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. Let me see your vengeance against them. Our warrior Jesus goes before us and offensively takes authority over the enemy. He didn't just sit back and wait for the enemy to, to attack, but he offensively and aggressively destroyed the works of the enemy at the cross by, by taking him down and taking back the keys to death and Hades. He also sealed the deal once and for all when he arose from the dead. So as an offensive warrior, we're taught we need to be offensive and we need to be offensive with our families. We need to be offensive as we watch and be alert to what the enemy is doing in our lives, in our families' lives. Uh, one of the things we can do is pray offensively for our families and, and, and declare scripture over him that says, our families, no weapon formed against them can prosper. One of the things that we can do that I believe is really good is pray over our homes. We can actually anoint our doors and our windows with homes. Don and I did this and have done this for other people in our home and in other people's homes. Homes, and we've taken authority over the enemy by anointing the doors and windows with the homes. Now, this is what we pray. I take authority over any spirit or being who enters this door or window and declare they must fall under the authority and subjection of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Any spirit or being in this room not under the authority of the Holy Spirit must leave in Jesus' name. Take the first step, be aggressive, be offensive, and take the enemy and destroy his plans and his works of, of your home and of your life by praying offensively as we learn from our Commander-in-Chief Jesus. So there's another trait that I'd like to teach you about, and this is the story of Jephthah from Gilead. 
Let me read you the scripture. This is from Judges 11.1. 1. Now, Jephthah of Gilead was a great warrior. He was the son of Gilead, but his mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also had several sons, and when these half-brothers grew up, they chased Jephthah off the land. You will not get any of our father's inheritance, they said, for you are the son of a prostitute. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. Soon he had a band of worthless rebels following him. The Israelites soon found themselves at war with the Ammonites, and they needed a warrior leader to lead their army against them. And so who did they turn to? They turned to Jephthah. They got a hold of him, sent a message to him, and said, would you come back and please be our leader? So let me continue on now. So let's move down to verses 29 to 33 in Judges chapter 11, and let's find out what happened with Jephthah as he came back to lead the army. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh, then through Mizpah of Gilead. And from there he advanced against the Ammonites. Jephthah made this vow to the Lord, If indeed you will deliver the Ammonites into my hand, then whatever comes out of the door of my house to, get, to greet me on my triumphant return from the Ammonites will, be, will belong to the Lord, and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. So... The Ammonites were subdued before the Israelites. And when Jephthah returned home to Mizpah, there was his daughter coming out to meet him with tambourines and dancing. She was his only child, and he had no son or daughter beside her. As soon as Jephthah saw her, he tore his clothes and said, No, not my daughter. You have brought me to my knees. You have brought great misery upon me, for I have given my word to the Lord and cannot take it back. I believe every warrior in his life comes face to face with rejection, either rejection from his family, from his boss, from his friends, from his co-workers. It can even be rejection from church family. And I believe that when we are faced with rejection, we, are, we have a choice to go one of two ways. If we hold on to rejection, what happens is that we turn that into pride and offense, which is what Jephthah did. Jephthah held on to his rejection from his brothers, and he brought pride and offense into the battle, which caused him to make a vow before the Lord that was totally full of pride that actually ended up ultimate destruction. If you hold on to rejection, any decision or choice that you make from rejection or from offense, you can almost be guaranteed it's going to be the wrong choice or the wrong action. I believe it's really important that we take the second path of the two paths, and that is to bind up a spirit of rejection, bind it and cast it out, and not allow it to have any part in our lives. There cannot be room for offense. There cannot be room for rejection. We need to, as warriors, be stronger, release that rejection to the power and presence of the Holy Spirit and allow him to fill you with peace in Jesus' name. Another characteristic I believe that we can learn about being a warrior is from the story of Benaiah, in 2 Samuel, let me read you the passage of Scripture about Benaiah. 2 Samuel 23, 20. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing 
two champions of Moab. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. So what we learned from Braniah is that warriors are risk takers. Now, how many of us got up this morning and thought, I wonder if I'm going to have to get up and go chase a lion down into a snowy pit and kill it? Probably none of us will ever have to do that. But we're faced every day with things where we've got to chase in and be aggressive and be risk takers. It may look more like chasing our wives into the bedroom because they are offended with something that we said and go in after her and apologize and ask her to forgive us for whatever we said. That, to some of us men, is more scary than chasing a lion into a snowy pit. But I'm telling you, we need to be risk takers. If you see those things happening in your home, pick up your sword. And don't be afraid to run into the pit. So the last warrior that we want to look at, of course, is King David. Let me, uh, let me read you this passage of scripture that we know about King David. 1 Samuel 16, 18. One of the servants said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He is also a fine-looking young man, and the Lord is with him. Now, one of the things that we learned from David that we've been told is David teaches us devotion. He was a man after God's own heart. Every warrior eats, sleeps, and drinks the word of his commander. He is fully devoted to his commander. Nothing else gets in the way. So what are you devoted to today? Are you devoted to your job? Are you devoted to your special interests? things that you like to do, your hobbies, maybe even devoted to your ministry, maybe even devoted to your marriage and your family. All those things are good, but not if they come in the way of being fully devoted to God. And I really believe that David teaches us that full, complete devotion to God, to our commander in chief, is the utmost important thing. Let me uh, share with you this verse from um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinion. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Matthew 6, 33 is also a good verse. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Nothing can take more important priority than fully devoted to God. And I really believe that we learn that from David. So these are just a few of the characteristics that we know about being a warrior. Are you ready to enter in to the warrior unit and take the next step to be a mighty warrior for the kingdom? What we're gonna be doing over the next few weeks and months is we're going to be looking at those things that we can do to fine tune our warrior mindset, to fine tune our warrior capabilities as a spiritual warrior for the kingdom. And I want you to join me as we do this to really take our next step to do this. This is not going to be easy. There's some things that we're going to be doing that's tough, but all in all, God has called us to be warriors. We know this because it says in scripture that warrior or warriors is mentioned 192 different times, which makes you really realize 
that God wants us to be warriors. Before I close, I'd like to leave you with this verse. This is from your commander in chief, Isaiah 13:3. The Lord has dedicated these soldiers for this task. You have called mighty warriors to express my anger, test, and they will rejoice when I am exalted. I'm Daryl Kappen, Wildman Life, wildmanlife.com, where we help men become bold, wild, confident, and free in our adventure. On, on our journey through life. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to talking to you next time. See ya.